welcome back to What the HR Podcast. I'm Jesse Novi, an HR business partner with CH Robinson. And I'm Mike Tool, HR technology consultant with SAP SuccessFactors. Welcome back to another episode of What the HR. Today, we're fortunate enough to be joined by Claire Schmidt, who is the founder and CEO of All Voices, a platform that enables employees to anonymously report workplace issues directly to leadership. Before founding All Voices, Claire served as Vice President of Technology and Innovation at 20th Century Fox. Previously, Claire led social impact at Thrive Market, which is an e-commerce company focused on making healthy food accessible and affordable. Claire has a unique background in using technology to solve problems in our world from child sex trafficking to lack of access to healthy food. And in 2010, she helped found and lead Thorn Digital Defenders of Children, which is a nonprofit organization which deploys technology in innovative ways to fight child sex trafficking. During her five years at Thorn, Claire ran all programmatic work, spoke at the White House, the State Department, and Stanford University, and led a task force of more than 30 major technology companies, including Facebook, Google, Twitter, and Microsoft. She's also worked at the Wonderful Company and the Parthenon Group as a strategy consultant. So as you can see, Claire has an incredible background, lots of great experience. And uh, with that being said, we were really excited to have her on today to talk about All Voices specifically, um, expanding on the importance of a strong listening strategy and the unique platform that many of you listening, including myself, um, may not have had exposure to yet, which is essentially a listening platform that is always on. So oftentimes when we think of listening strategies, we think of our annual census surveys, pulse surveys, um, but all voices goes above and beyond that. And so we talk about that um, in great detail today, the value that that provides organizations, why employees are asking for companies to have services like All Voices and the importance of employers uh, really taking in that information and feedback and responding to it um, in a way that meets the needs of their talent as well as the needs of the business. So uh, we're confident you're going to love this episode with Claire. As always, thank you so much for being a listener of the What the HR podcast. Please, please help us to get the episodes out to other HR professionals and business leaders that would find uh, value in hearing the topics that we cover and the great guests that we host. You can do that by leaving a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks again for listening and enjoy the episode. All right. Well, Claire, welcome to the What the HR podcast. Mike and I are really excited to have you today and to talk about um, the topic that we're going to be diving into shortly here. But before we start diving into our topic, although we we read your formal bio um, in the intro, would love for you to introduce yourself to our guests, uh, share a little bit about you and what prompted you to start All Voices. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Uh, so my background is really at the intersection of technology and social good. That's what I've done for pretty much my entire career. And uh, most recently, I was working as vice president of technology and innovation at 20th Century Fox. And while I was there, I read Susan Fowler's blog post about her experience with harassment at Uber. 
And I started thinking about how she basically did everything right. She did everything by the book, right? She experienced sexual harassment at work. She had evidence, right? She had screenshots of the experience. She was harassed by her manager. She took it directly to HR. She told them exactly what happened. Um, she showed them the, the evidence and she was essentially told like, this person is a, as a top performer, we're not going to do anything about it, which is like probably the worst thing you can hear when you experience something like that. And then on top of that, she experienced retaliation after the fact for having reported it. So that's like the second additional worst thing that can happen. Um, those are the things that people fear will happen when they speak up. And when I read her story, I was sort of shocked by why I had never thought about why do we do things this way? Why do we ask employees to take on all of the risk with very little information about what will happen if they are to speak up and just hope that they do? And when I looked at the data, I found that actually 75% of people who experience harassment at work don't speak up about it. They never do because the risks, the perceived risks are too great. Um, even if most HR departments do not behave that way, right? Uber was definitely an aberration, an outlier, but um, the fear is so great that that your company, you know, if you are to experience harassment, that your company will handle things that same way, that most people just stay silent. And so I started thinking about like, given how far technology has advanced in the last even 10 years, um, this was in 2017, you know, 10 years prior, like the iPhone was just coming out, right? So given how far technology had advanced, might there be a way of using technology in some creative or innovative way to help employees with the process of speaking up at work, not just about harassment, but about anything that they might be experiencing or going through or having questions about? Would there be a way to kind of ease them into that rather than having them like cross their fingers and hope for the best and sometimes experience retaliation and mistreatment after the fact. Yeah, it's an incredible story. Um, there's probably, you're probably not alone there, Claire, and people that get passionate about something that specifically occurred to them or something that they read or something that impacted a family member or a close friend that inspires them to, to start a company or to to go out there and see, does something like this exist? And if it doesn't, you know, why doesn't it? So I think that's a great segue into, could you go into some details about All Voices and the services that it provides its customers? Yes, absolutely. So back in 2017, the first product that I thought was the most necessary to build based on all the research I had done um, was an anonymous reporting tool for the workplace that could help employees speak up in real time about things they were experiencing um, and then establish a two-way messaging channel between them and the correct or appropriate person at their company um, so that it wasn't just a sort of black hole where you submit something anonymous and then never hear back and um, the person who receives it doesn't have the ability to take action. That was not what I wanted to build. I wanted to build the conversational tool, essentially. So that was the first product we launched with. And that's still a core part of what we have today. But we've built on it in the you know almost five years since then. Um, and it's much more comprehensive now. Uh, we have seven modules. So you can ask questions. You can share ideas. You can share positive feedback. 
um, you'd be really surprised or maybe you wouldn't at the things that people still want to do anonymously. I was sort of shocked, like something so basic as asking about a policy or sharing positive, you know, kudos about someone on the team. These were things I had never anticipated people might want to do anonymously. And yet that's what we saw happening and heard, heard really, um, was happening through our system. So, um, so since then, so we added modules, so you can share feedback, ask questions, report issues. We also added, um, a lot of, um, robust sort of functionality on the administrator side. So in addition to receiving reports directly from employees or feedback directly from employees, there's a whole case management system that can help um, administrators track, manage, collaborate on employee relations issues, take action, resolve those things. Um, We have an investigations management tool. So if something does rise to the level of needing to be investigated, the platform can walk them through step-by-step how to conduct an investigation that's, you know, seamless and fair and structured and um, consistent uh, with other investigations. Um, And then in addition to that, we have other things like poll surveys and data and analytics and recommendations and things like that. So Mm -hmm. um, it's really grown into something much bigger than it started as, but it's grown organically out of seeing what our customers' needs have been. Yep. Well, you obviously have a lot of expertise in what I'll just kind of bucket as listening strategies, like really strong listening strategies and resources for organizations. So um, on that note, if you could describe how you could, if you could describe how you would describe (laughs) the new era of listening strategies based on Uh, the data that you're seeing? I think that when we used to talk about, you know, employee listening, first of all, it wasn't really called employee listening. I think that even is a new um, way of talking about it. But if we think about what the, the sort of previous version of this was, and this was the world that I stepped into to research when I was thinking about starting all voices, um, you sort of had this like, fragmented market um, in terms of like the tools out there for employees. There was on one end of the spectrum, whistleblower hotlines, which have been around for a long time. And they're really intended for financial compliance and being compliant as a public company. Um, And they were meant for, you know, only the most egregious and illegal issues, right? It's not a place where you would ever share positive feedback or ask a question or, you know, dip your toe in the water of starting to talk about something maybe more serious, like bullying or mistreatment. Um, And the branding of them made people feel like when I was doing all this research, people were like, well, I'm not a whistleblower. I just have a question. Um, And so it actually pushed people away who were thinking about speaking up about something, but didn't feel like their concern was a big enough deal to actually report through one of those platforms. Um, So that's kind of one end of the spectrum. The other end of the spectrum was culture surveys. So when I got into my research, it was like, oh, you know, there's Qualtrics and there's Culturamp and there's all these great, frankly, great products that still exist today that are meant to measure organizational health in a holistic way um, and measure it over time. And that, that really matters. But what seemed to be missing to me was real time, always on listening tools for employees designed with the employee in mind um, to help facilitate 
psychological safety and trust within the organization. Um, that didn't seem to exist. And so that's really the gap I saw that um, led me to start All Voices. And I think All Voices and some other tools that have come into the market since then are, I think, rightfully trying to fill that gap and by doing so are creating a new era of listening strategies. I love the always on. I'm very familiar with Qualtrics and, and the work that they do. And I talk to a lot of companies about their engagement strategy and their listening strategy. And you know, they always wonder like how much is too much? How much can we send out these surveys? And I think you can get around that with just it's always on. So you, you don't have to worry about that. And they you know, employees can come and go as they need. So I, I do have a question in terms of the platform. Is there some sort of social collaboration built into it? And I'm thinking like, obviously, if there's a harassment issue or whatnot, that's anonymous. And maybe that's not shown to the general public or the company. But whether it's ideas or appreciation or even criticism, does that, even though it's anonymous, is do other employees get to see that? And I'm wondering if like... Can I like that? Right. Like that starts to bring things up to the top of what's important to the employees. I'm curious if the platform has that or if everything is just kind of anonymous and nobody else sees it. Yeah, that's a good question. So we do have an all hands module that enables people to ask questions for for the all hands meetings. Um, and those are, you know, things that employees are bringing up that um that are important to them to discuss. The cool thing about our tool is that as leadership, you don't have to answer every single one at the all hands meeting. You can reply directly back to people if you don't get to their questions. So it's sort of, you can make it public and then also you don't have to. Another thing some of our customers are doing is we do, I mentioned we have like data and analytics, charts and graphs showing like patterns and trends within the organization. Oftentimes they'll share those with the company because it's not, you know, calling out person X for harassment, right? It's like, these are the types of ideas people are bringing forward. These are the types of feedback we're getting. Um, and then even sometimes they'll send out pulse surveys to their employees afterwards that are like, okay, so, you know, does this resonate with what your experience has been? Do you think we need to do more or less of X? Um, because to your point earlier, you have this always on listening tool in part because you don't know what you don't know, right? So if you have to always be the one to come up with the questions to ask first, how do you know that you're even asking the right questions? Um, so by having something that's just always on, you start to get tipped off to things that are happening in the organization before you might know to ask about them. And sure. then you reflect that back to employees and continue that feedback loop. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, it's a great, I mean, it's a great idea. And I think about when we talk about people's, concern about providing feedback. It may be concern of retaliation. It could just be, I know it's never going to do anything. Like, you know, companies are so, some companies are so big where it's like, it does, my voice really doesn't matter that much. And I could go to my frontline manager and then they go to theirs and theirs. And by the time it gets to anybody who can make a change, it's so watered down and irrelevant if it ever even ever gets there. So I noticed that you, you do have some larger customers uh, appears I mean, based on my research on the website. I'd love to hear about kind of those use cases, if you can speak to them and maybe the results that that you're seeing in terms of how this application is helping change kind of how companies listen. 
Yeah. I mean, um, in, in terms of, so in terms of the question about like, how can this platform help make a change at companies that are bigger? Mm-hmm. I think, um, or all sizes too. I mean, just, we, we have all, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I, I guess the, when I think of it, it's, uh, problem are people having right. That ultimately land them with you. And then how does it help? Yeah. So I think there's a couple of things. Um, one is like, how can we be sure that we're hearing about things as soon as possible? That's like one of the challenges that we aim to step in and help with. Um, we do a lot of surveys and research outside of just our, you know, our customer base. And we found in one of those surveys that I believe it was 74% of people said they would be more willing to share feedback, honestly, if they could do so anonymously. So I think that kind of makes the case that at least for some people, they're not either able to or comfortable kind of telling their companies what their true needs are, what their true experience is. And so if you give them an additional channel and you say, look, you can go to your manager, you can go to HR, you can go to leadership. You can also share input through this tool. I think you get a a better picture of reality. Um, And that is something that is just incredibly valuable, especially one thing we, we heard a lot about was at the start of the pandemic, suddenly all these people who had relied on the ability to kind of walk through the office and get a sense of how people were doing and quickly chat with people and almost like get a read or a pulse check on the employee well-being. Um, with everyone being remote, it was so much harder to do that. And so by opening up an additional channel, um, it did two things. One, it gave leaders that data that they they maybe weren't getting through in-person interactions. And two, it gave employees a sense of um, psychological safety and the sense that their company, you know, cares about them and wants to hear from them. I think those two things go hand in hand um, and create, as we're talking about feedback loops, right? Create a positive feedback loop of like, I feel safe here. I feel more trust in my leadership. I'm using this tool, but I'm also like, as I do so, building trust in the people I'm corresponding with. Maybe next time I'll just reach out to that person directly. And then on the receiving side, it's like, I have real confidence that through all the channels we've made available to employees, I'm hearing about and getting a complete picture of what's going on with my employees. Yeah. Yeah. Those were some great examples. Um, I'm glad you asked that question, Mike. I'm, you know, you talked a little bit, Claire, just even when we were talking about the shifting of um, the verbiage that we use, you know, it used to be like, you had your employee engagement survey, and then to the other point you made, you'd have separate channels for um, somebody to issue grievances through. Um, now we've switched the terminology. I think this is becoming more widely used, the term listening strategies, and lots of companies are shifting and how they're collecting information, how frequently they're collecting it, what kinds of information they're collecting based on all the great examples you gave today. Why do you think we're seeing this pivot? Why do you think organizations are now you know, recognizing that being more robust with how they're engaging with their employee base and what kinds of information they're asking for um, is important to them? Yeah, I really think 
it goes back to the Me Too movement. Um, I think the Me Too movement was was incredibly powerful um, for a number of reasons. But I think the thing that changed during the Me Too movement was that all of a sudden companies were being held publicly accountable for things that were happening in their culture that previously I think it had worked to say, oh, we just didn't, we didn't know that was happening. Um, and it could get pushed under the rug in, in, the, in terms of the public's response to it. And the Me Too movement generated such outrage about the fact that these things were happening at some of the world's you know, biggest and best companies and that companies were not taking commensurate action to address it in some cases. Um, I think it showed companies, they have to do more because they're being held accountable in a new way um, for taking action. And the ramifications, if they didn't, were severe, right? We saw a lot of leaders get ousted and pushed out and um, not just during the Me Too movement, but that continued again when we had um, George Floyd's murder and companies being called out publicly for uh, their in, internal behaviors around diversity and inclusion, not matching what they were saying to the general public. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so during both of those periods, I think we saw the same pattern, which was the public suddenly taking a, a very big interest in um, how companies were treating their employees and really calling for change in, in such a way that that could not be ignored. Mm-hmm. Um and I think it has caused companies to realize the, the implications or ramifications if they don't step up and do more for their employees and have something to point to and say, look, these are all the actions we're taking. And this is the way that we're protecting our employees. We may not always be perfect, but at least we're taking action. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that's what has led to this pivot in terms of what is the next generation of tools that supports companies in hearing employees and listening to employees and that helps employees feel more comfortable speaking up, feel like they have a voice, feel like they have options as far as like how to share input and feedback with uh, their leadership. And I think the other thing the Me Too movement showed us was obviously if all these companies were having these, you know, crises then the old way was not working or the old way was not enough. It wasn't enough to have a whistleblower hotline and a culture survey that came out twice a year. It wasn't working. And I think like one article I read at the time, sorry, I'm I'm really rambling, but I get excited about this question. Um, There was a, you know, on the, it was like on the front page of the paper every day, there was a different company being called out. So I'm not calling out this company, but when, when resorts, um, had been called out, Steve Wynn specifically had been called out. And there was a quote in the paper, um, I believe it was the Wall Street Journal. And the 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 HR leader said in you know 30 years, which is how long this behavior has supposedly been going on, we did not receive one report to our whistleblower hotline about it. And to me, I think to her, it was like, this is an indication that we did the best we could with the information we had. To me, it was an indication that existing tools are not working in the way that they should, um, and they're not enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would agree with everything that you just stated. 
And I'd also add on that I think that employees these days are just expecting more from their employers. You know, our our place of employment isn't any longer just a, a place where we go and collect a paycheck. It's a place where we expect, um, or we maybe don't expect, but we search out employers that have similar types of beliefs that we have that are in line with the things that we want to accomplish, maybe give to um, nonprofit organizations that align with things that we believe in, et cetera, et cetera. And so I think um, adding on more robust listening strategies and joining organizations that are taking action on topics that are also very important to their employee base. is something that we're seeing as well. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think that's actually a good thing, right? If people care more and they're more invested, that's actually a really good thing for your business. You don't want people there who are just there to collect the paycheck and phone it in and, um, and that's all. So the other side of that coin is you have to step up and do a bit more for those employees, but I think you're getting a lot more as well. Is there any risk to doing this in terms of, I think about when I talk to a lot of companies about their listening strategy and, and a risk or a concern of theirs is, well, if they tell us what, how they're feeling, what they want, how do we do everything? How do we make sure we respond in the right way? And I'm wondering in, in this case, I don't imagine you're gonna be getting just flooded with HR issues, maybe, but I guess my point is, is when you have a platform like this, where you're getting constant communication, if let's say you miss one or like, like, how do you manage the program around it to make sure that anything that comes in is managed accordingly? And, and I asked about risk in terms of, let's say something, We obviously the 30 years, that's an extreme example that like, you know, if they had something like this definitely would help. But even let's say somebody, something did happen and they said, well, I, submitted this tip and honestly nobody ever responded and like where's where's the risk to the company in opening up this platform where it's always on yeah i mean i think so again like what i said before about um companies being able to sort of like bury their head in the sand and say say like if i don't know about it then it's not happening like i think Mm -hmm. that era is over so then if that's the case and you put in place a, a platform that helps employees speak up, you do have to respond. You do. Um, you don't have to take action. You don't have to do what they ask every time, but you have to respond. Um, and that's what we tell all of our customers is in some cases, the response might be, thank you so much for your feedback. We'll like, we'll collect this with the rest of the feedback and, mm-hmm. um, and consider it. That might be it. Um, you can't do everything because no one decision is going to please every person at your company unless you gave everyone like, you know, a $500,000 pay raise, but um, <laughs> people want different things and that's okay. So like one example of this is I use the tool internally. So we at all voices use our own tool. And so employees can share feedback and report issues to me. Um, and I got a few different people sharing feedback about our benefits. Some wanted one thing, some wanted another thing, some want more of this, some want less of this. So for me, and the reason that we have pull surveys in our platform is exactly for reasons like that, so that I can show and I can be responsive to employees based on what I'm starting to hear. So in response to hearing, I don't know, like three or four people's 
perspectives on benefits, I sent out a poll survey to the entire company. I said, hey, you know, we're coming up to open enrollment in November. Um, Here's the different benefits I'm thinking of introducing. You know, if you had to pick one, which would you pick? Is there anything I'm not thinking of? Blah, blah, blah. And at the end of that survey, the thing that's so fascinating that goes back to my assertion that you don't know what you don't know. Um, I had created a drop-down list of the top benefits I was considering giving to the team. And the one that most people wanted was not on that original list. They had selected other and they had written in what they wanted. Mm -hmm. So if I had just been picking benefits, like without any input from employees, I wouldn't have even considered the thing they wanted most. But as a result of their feedback, both initially and then which is what compelled me to send the survey and then the survey, I I was able to give people the benefit that most people wanted most. And I think by being super transparent and clear with people about why that was the one that was selected, I think it gave everyone confidence in the fact that their voice does matter and that, that it was being heard. And so even if, you know, the two people who picked the free meditation app didn't, didn't get what they wanted, they understood that it was because 12 people had wanted 401k matching. Um, so I think there's also a way to make people feel heard without necessarily taking the action that they want you to take. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Were you going to follow up on that, Mike? I was just thinking that even if you can't accommodate all those requests in terms of what you implement, and I think you said, did you say meditation? Was that, yeah. yeah. So, you know, at, at least, you know, what people are thinking and you, maybe you can point them in the direction of a free app or, or something, right? Like, so it still allows you to be a good resource to your employees, yep. even though, look, we're not going to pay for it, but let's help them get what they want. And maybe it's out of their own pocket. And I think they're okay with that. So I think it's, I, I'm a huge advocate of employee listening strategies and making sure that you understand how everybody is feeling the, the best you can. And, and my question was more yeah, centered around just that, but also like, do you need somebody looking at this thing and monitoring it all the time and how quick do you want to respond? And uh, I think you answered that very well. I also like um, the example that you gave Claire, because one of the things that I, I find most beneficial about listening strategies, and I really encourage the leaders that I work with to do with them when they receive results or information is to pull their teams together and have some dialogue around it. Like, this is what I thought I think I heard, or here was some themes that came out of, you know, this pulse survey or, you know, this, this ongoing trending feedback that we're seeing. And I think oftentimes leaders are quite surprised when they open it up. And, And sometimes those employees that well, with our listening strategies, all of them are anonymous, but I think it is uh, surprising to our people leaders. Oftentimes when there's a group dialogue and somebody kind of starts it, how often other team members are comfortable jumping in and either building upon that or maybe sharing something that typically they would have shared anonymously, but now it creates the safe space to share a little bit more and provide a little bit more context. Yeah, absolutely. I think like having a variety of places and contacts for people to share is hugely important. Yeah. 
So I'm would love for you to talk um, just because you do see so much data. Like what are what are some trends? Like what what is the data telling us? Um, you know, anything specific there. I also we also know that this um, great resignation conversation is still very prevalent and people are still very much talking about it. So it's a little bit of a two-pronged question, Claire, like what, what is the data telling us generally? And then if there are things um, specific to the great resignation that you could share with our listeners, I think they'd be, um, would love to know that. Yeah. Um, so we have a lot of data in our surveys about this. And then also like the data that we're collecting is getting echoed by other public data out there. Um, so one example is, um, I think it was 34% of people that we surveyed said they had left their job specifically because they didn't feel heard. Um, that was fascinating to us. That's a lot of people to leave their job for, for just that one thing. Um, that kind of ties with the, there was a Pew research study recently that said that 57% of people who quit their job in 2021 did so in part because they felt disrespected at work. So that goes back to um, the work we're trying to do around helping create a psychologically safe culture, helping you know people treat each other with, you know, helping people create a culture of respect at their company and how important it is. And when you look at the the costs, right? What what is the cost of losing an employee? We know that voluntary turnover. I think this was in 2019, so the number has probably increased since then. Voluntary turnover costs U.S. businesses a trillion dollars a year. So on an individual business level, also, if you calculate it, like the number is just staggering, even for a pretty small company. Um, And so across the board, all the data is kind of lining up to suggest that employee listening is not just like a feel-good thing. It's not just about doing the right thing, although that matters. It's also about you know, the real significant financial ramifications um, and cultural ramifications of losing lots of employees for preventable reasons um, and not knowing about things until they're too late is, is something we hear a lot from our customers. It's like, we just want to make sure we're not getting surprised in an exit interview or by someone resigning who we thought was totally happy here. Um, so I'm not sure if that answers your question, but Basically, what we're seeing is over time, the data is continuing to support the thesis um, that we've had for years, which is you need to find more ways for employees to speak up. And if you do so, you can avoid um, some of the downstream effects like the employee quitting, the employee um, posting negative things on Glassdoor, the employee uh, suing you even potentially. Um, so so upstream uh proactive action is incredibly valuable. And also probably ties into our earlier conversation about not only asking the questions, but then taking action and whether or not you can, you know, enhance your benefits or (laughs) to your uh, comment, Claire, give everyone a $500,000 salary increase. The fact that you asked the question, the fact that you followed up and said, we want to acknowledge that you provided this information and maybe here are some things that we are, are doing, although maybe not 
directly giving you an in the specific increase that you want, but we're enhancing some other things that would impact your total rewards package, et cetera, et cetera, um, can go a long way with an employee that might be considering leaving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, when I read the Pew research, one thing I thought of was like all of these reasons pretty much, um, uh, not feeling like there was an opportunity to advance, not enough flexibility with work hours, working too many hours, benefits weren't good, right? Feeling disrespected. These are all things that somebody could share proactively through an employee listening platform and not just think about and stew on. And then after the fact, share it in an exit interview after they've already found a new job, right? If, if you, if, people on your team were feeling like they didn't have opportunities for advancement, but there possibly were opportunities for advancement. Um, action could be taken sooner. If a big group of people, for example, you know, everyone on the sales team is feeling like there's no opportunity for advancement. That's kind of an indicator that potentially you could change the structure of how your sales team works. I mean, that's something we just did which is that we created more tiers within our sales team so that as people perform, they can continually get moved up the ladder and get higher base pay. Um, So sometimes there's structural changes that actually can be made at an organizational level or at a department level that can help everyone, even people who aren't frustrated yet. So um, awareness about these things as early as possible can lead to change. And that's a good thing for the organization as a whole. Yeah. 100%. Given that our major listening audience is HR practitioners, and um, it's oftentimes sort of comical um, within our industry how much we talk about the services that we provide and the giving, you know, that we provide to our leaders, the businesses that we support, but oftentimes that isn't reciprocated. Um, you know, HR teams are really good about taking care of other people in summary, but they're not really good about taking care of themselves. So what are some actions that businesses can do to really support their HR teams? Because HR folks are not exempt from the great resignation. Like HR professionals are leaving as well as uh, uh, folks in other positions in companies. Yeah, it's a really good point. Um, And that's what you just said is is basically why we wanted to do, we just did a survey of um, 400 HR professionals. We wanted to understand, like we've talked so much about employees, what's going on with HR teams because they're employees too. Um, and they have very specific, unique job that I think from all the conversations I've had have gotten more challenging since the start of COVID. Um, they've been asked to do more with less Um And they're experiencing all the same things that the rest of us are experiencing because of the pandemic. And so um, the data that we got back, uh, not surprisingly to me, but perhaps surprisingly to others, um, was that 53% of HR leaders said they were burned out. I would have even possibly thought that was higher. Um, And 48% uh, are looking for a new job. So um, to me, that says, we need to do more to understand what these people need, um, what the unique challenges are. And we asked them a bunch of questions about, you know, what was the most challenging about their role and 
um, what they needed more support with and stuff like that. Um, and I'm happy to share the the link to the report after this podcast as well. And you can share it with your listeners. But for me, the takeaway is um, HR teams are being asked to step up and um, help with, you know, major changes to the way organizations are doing business. Um, first it was work from home and then it's like designing what our new model is and what does return to work look like and, um, uh, you know, building culture and keeping the culture healthy, even in, in times of great turbulence and recruiting employees has gotten more difficult, right? Because it's a more competitive job market out there. The unemployment rate is really low. Um, the great resignation. So employees are leaving and it's, and it's sort of their responsibility to try to make sure that doesn't happen. Right. And try to retain employees. Um, so to me, it's like everything has gotten ratcheted up for HR professionals. Um, and we're in sort of unprecedented territory and they're trying to, um, be thoughtful about that. Uh, so giving them the support they need, giving them the resources they need, enabling them to hire more people on their teams. I think for so long, HR has been seen as a cost center in some cases, and it's really not. It's it's the way that you can make sure that your teams are functional, your people, right? And for most companies, they're kind of nothing without the people. And so, um, so I think it's making sure they have the resources and support they need. Do they have coaching? Do they have Um, mental health benefits? Do they have the things that they need? Because they're dealing with a lot of really challenging things all at once. Um, So I I feel very passionately about getting them the tools they need to make their jobs easier, the support they need, the resources, the people, um, and that they have a channel of communication directly with the most senior leaders in the organization so that they can call attention to things that they see as, as potential threats or risks to the organization as a whole um, and can can get buy-in to making the changes that they think need to be made. Well, every HR uh, pr- professional listening to this episode right now is like pumping their fists in the air and, and yelling, <laughs> heck yes, heck yes, Claire. Um, so great topic today. Thank you so much for, again, for being a guest. Um, is there anything else before we kind of wrap things up that we didn't cover today that you think is important to share either specific to the services that all voices provides or just generally about listening strategies. Um, And then, you know, if there is anything else to add, we'll definitely want to ask you how our listeners can get in touch with you in case they do want to talk more on this, this specific topic. Can I ask a quick question really quick before we we wrap? Um, Just because I just want clarity on like the, the platform. So the anonymous feedback is, is always on. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. Because I, I was thinking about, as you're talking about like surveys and whatnot, and I always felt that surveys are always so limited by the questions that you ask. And oftentimes are, I don't think it's done on purpose, but it's almost like they ask questions that lead you to a good answer or a good spot. And they're not leading you toward, but it's like what's important to them, essentially. And so I, I think about having that always on to really understand. It's like your example of benefits. You know, I've taken plenty of surveys. And how many times do you sit there and you're like, I wish they would have asked me about this because this is really what's driving me crazy. And they never do um, sometimes. But 
I wanted to clarify that because I think that that's super important is to, to me, just being an HR tech person, that feedback that's always on, I think is, uh, is a huge win for companies. So it's not really a question, but more of a statement. But um, yeah, is is there anything else that you've seen out there, Claire, that you think our audience should really know about? Otherwise, we'll wrap and let everybody know how they can contact you. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I'll add is like, we're investing a lot of time and energy in helping build a community of HR professionals and uh, people in our network because I've also seen that a lot of times people get kind of siloed and um, maybe they're not hearing about, you know, the tips and tricks that other people have outside of their organization. And so um, we have a podcast, we have a webinar series where we bring HR leaders and, you know, legal compliance leaders together to talk about like the most important topics and pressing topics right now for them and help them learn from each other. Mm-hmm. Um So that's one thing. And we have a blog, we have like a bunch of, basically our goal is to try to give leaders, uh, specifically HR teams and leadership, um, the tools and information that they need to do their jobs as well as possible. Um, And so that community is growing and it's something that's been super exciting to watch um, our team build. And, uh, I would just encourage people to go to our website, which is just allvoices.co, co, um, and check out the podcast, check out the webinars, check out the blog, um, get on the waiting list. I think there's a waiting list to join the community. Um, and hopefully we can have you involved. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing you're on LinkedIn and social media platforms. If people want to connect and follow you. Yes, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook. I think that's it. You're not you're not on TikTok? Not actually, I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> that's tough. Well, Claire, it's it's been an amazing show and, and we really appreciate you joining us. I hope everybody goes out and learns more about this. I think it's it's a great idea, great platform, and I uh, love what you're doing. So thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. This was great. Thank you for listening to this episode of What the HR. If you want to hear more episodes like this, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever platform you're listening through now. If you enjoyed the podcast, do us a favor and share with your network, your boss, or your CEO. Help us get this podcast in front of anyone who wants to know what HR looks like when done well. Also, if you have any questions for show topics or people you'd like us to interview, please email Mike and I at podcast at tcsherm.org. That's podcast at tcsherm.org. If you want to find out more about Twin City Sherm or our upcoming events, please visit our website at tcsherm.org. You can also follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And finally, if you're not already a member of Twin City Sherm, Please use code WHATTHR at checkout to receive $20 off your membership. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next episode. 